0: Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Welms, and you're listening to The Decibel. After a two-day walkout, the Ontario government and a major union for education workers, CUPE, are back to the bargaining table. Today, we're talking to our Ontario provincial politics reporter, Jeff Gray. He'll explain how Doug Ford's government reversed course and if more labor stoppages are on the horizon. This is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Uh, last time we covered the labor dispute, which was just last week, CUPE uh, workers had just begun the job action. But now, just a few days later, kids are back in class, workers are back in schools. Is there anything that you can point to that was like the kind of key thing, I guess, that that helped resolve the protests?
1: Well, I think in the words of uh, the uh, national president of CUPE the other day, uh, Doug Ford blinked. Uh, hmm. the government lost its nerve it, it, it took this extraordinary step unprecedented step of invoking the constitution's notwithstanding clause preemptively to strip a union of its right to strike and impose a contract on that union and then just a few days later the premier comes out and says we're not going to do that we'll take it back hmm. if the government stated goal which they repeated over and over again you know, It's a different time, the pandemic, all the disruptions. We want the kids in class. Well, the kids weren't in class anyway because uh, the union was walking out anyway and in the face of these fines and so on that the, the legislation would have imposed on them. So the government stepped back from the edge and said, fine, we'll take this stuff back.
0: Hmm. And when we say take this stuff back, this is repealing the legislation then? Is
1: Bill 28, yeah, which hmm. imposes the contract, bans the right to strike for this union and uses the notwithstanding clause in the constitution to get out of the sticky problem of a charter challenge that would say, well, hold it a minute, this union has the right to strike and you can't take it away. So they use that get out of jail card. And so they they offered to pull it all back. Uh, it was a bit of a kind of a back and forth there. The premier said, we'll pull it all back if you guys uh, come back to work. And CUPE said just a little while later at their press conference, thanks for pulling back your legislation as a gesture of goodwill will go back to work so there was <laughs> there was a bit of a back and forth there on uh, but it clearly the government was the one that was stepping back
0: okay and and just to be clear the the repealing of the bill hasn't actually happened yet do we know when that is going to happen
1: No that's the other strange thing yeah we're, we're, the, the union got something in writing from the government and we don't know what precisely was said on that piece of paper but the, the government has said it's going to recall the house on Monday and uh, pass a bill that would undo this Hmm. bill. Uh, They are on an off week. This is a week when they'd all go back to their ridings and it is Remembrance Day coming up. So traditionally they wouldn't sit this week, but there doesn't seem to be any real reason why they couldn't be called back more quickly. But everyone seems to be taking the Premier at his word that the House will be back in session Monday, and this will be on the agenda.
0: Hmm, okay. This, I mean, this, as you said, this seems to be a, a pretty drastic change in tone and approach on, on Ford's part and, and Ford's government's part. I guess, what, what should people make of that change?
1: In this case, I mean, there were a couple things that changed over the weekend. One is which we had a bunch of other labor unions standing up and saying, we're with CUPE, including labor unions in the construction industry that had backed the premier uh Luna, Le- Le- but a bunch of other uh, uh in the construction trades world had been backing uh the government. It had made a number of uh, policies uh uh that appealed to them and they had sided Liuna actually had sided with Doug Ford uh, back to him for quite a while now. Uh and they stood up and said, Well hold hold it a minute. We still believe in the right to strike and collective bargaining and all that. So uh so that happened. And then there also there was a poll. We don't know. The government has its own polling, so we don't know uh, to what extent. There was a publicly published poll that suggested a lot of Ontarians blamed the government for this mess, and mm-hmm. did not like the use of the notwithstanding clause.
0: That was an abacus data poll that yeah. was uh, 62%, I believe, of people surveyed said they blamed the government for this then.
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the things that people say about the premier is, um, you know, he's a populist in the truest sense of the word. He, he actually does want to be liked, even though he – does have this kind of persona as a scrapper as a fighter it might have changed his his mind over the weekend what we don't know exactly what happened in there but the tone from last week to this week was dramatically different
0: yeah yeah i guess i'm just struggling to understand the strategy here a little bit because he had the intention, he introduced this, this notwithstanding clause as well in, in this Bill 28, which was a pretty dramatic move. Uh, I guess what's the point of doing all of that if he was just going to repeal the legislation you know, after essentially just, just one day of protests?
1: Yeah, one, one might ask. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're assuming there is some sort of strategy. Hmm. Uh, it is bewildering, I think, to everybody watching this. This should have been easy to see that this would happen. That if you're going to do that, take this drastic step, like no other premier in Ontario history had ever used the notwithstanding clause ever until Doug Ford, and you know the premier has still said even today uh, he's not ruled out using it again. He calls it a tool, and uh, it's a tool that that uh, that is out there. So I said right from the get-go,
0: I'll use every tool at our disposal to uh, make sure the kids are in class, and. I, I just hope the kids will stay in class and we can get a negotiation. So that, that's, and I
1: mean, that's as the Civil Liberties Association, others have pointed out, it's a tool that cannot just strip you of your right to strike. Many, many of the rights in the charter can be stripped away. Uh, free speech, you know, freedom of religion, a uh, whole bunch of criminal law stuff, search and seizure, uh, torture, <laughs> all these things are all in there. So it is interesting how uh, casual they seem to be about using it.
0: All right. So while this walkout has ended, uh, QP workers are still without a collective agreement. So what is actually happening with the contract negotiations that that launched all of this in the first place? Like, like where do they stand now?
1: Well, talks are back on as of Tuesday morning. And the premier, of course, came out Tuesday morning also uh, with his education minister and uh, said that they were making a new offer, a more generous offer than their previous offer that they tried to use the notwithstanding clause to impose on the union. Uh, and that they hoped that the union would also compromise. And so judging from the way they spoke there, it's just to me that there will be talks, there'll be back and forth, and that this wasn't a sort of another final offer that they were going to impose Hmm. uh, on the union. So we'll have to see how those talks go. Uh, As of Monday, the union will again be in a legal strike position under Ontario Labor Law. The notwithstanding clause and all that stuff will be gone. So it's not impossible that talks break down again and as it would be normal in a normal negotiation, the union could then walk out again and I don't know. Then then hmm. we get Section 33 again. I don't, I don't know. But that's down the road. That's okay. at the moment they're at the table. They're talking uh, and their positions were moving closer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, a compromise proposal from the union there was another one that we hadn't we didn't hear much about from the government there's been a bit of back and forth so so we'll have to see where they where they land
0: and when you say they're in a legal strike position what exactly does that mean
1: so under ontario labor law when you are in a unionized workplace you your contract expires or it's about to expire you enter negotiations and uh, after a certain point one of the parties can invoke what's called a no board At that moment, a clocks are sticking on when uh, you can go to a strike or a lockout. So often it's done as things get down to brass tacks in a negotiation, you'd wanna set that clock going. The employer could lock us out uh, if we're the union. The union knows we could go on strike. So both sides know that there's a cost there uh, and they'd like to get a deal done at the table. And often the deal gets done, you know, at the 11th hour before midnight strike deadline. Hmm. In this case, it's an education union. They also have built in, a five-day warning. So that doesn't mean talks need to stop, but it does mean there's this other five-day clock that they had. And then you're allowed to go on strike. Other unions aren't allowed to go out with you though. The government has said over and over again, uh, we didn't want to strike. It's uh, the pandemic, the disruption to students. Okay, well, that's, that's a fair point, but the system is still set up this way. The only way to really change it is to change it to the way we do nurses or cops or is you end up before an arbitrator. Uh, and, and they decide what the contract is. So you don't, you don't walk out trouble with that is if you're the government, an arbitrator might not agree with you on how little you want to give the workers.
0: We'll be back in a moment. You mentioned a general strike, Jeff, and we heard talk about that over the weekend. What, what was that about?
1: Well, uh, unions were talking about that. There were people saying, you know, this is such an outrageous um, attack on the rights of unions to strike and and the right to collective bargaining and all that. So the idea that was being tossed around was that maybe a whole bunch of unions would walk out. And
0: I know that workers united will shut this province down whenever we need to.
1: Of course, now that's moot. Although a lot of people are pointing out that the labor movement had been divided. Some people describe the sort of the labor movement as a family that has its own quarrels and so on, and you know, Aunt so and so is not talking to Uncle so and so and whatever. And Doug Ford, who was trying to crush a, a union. Uh, has ended up actually uniting the labor movement. Uh, that, you know, you're hearing that now.
0: A lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting point. And I guess I wonder, do you think that kind of solidarity on the union front, did that maybe catch the Ford government by surprise?
1: It's hard to know what they were thinking um, and how how they couldn't have seen this, this reaction coming and not had a plan to weather it. Hmm.
0: So this isn't the first time we've seen the Ford government table a controversial policy and then and then walk it back when there's a public outcry. Can can you remind us about some of the other times that this government has done this?
1: Well, yeah, it is a little bit of whiplash, isn't it? Early on when I came to Queen's Park and was covering the government, early on in their their mandate, they, they won election in, in 2018, their first budget in 2019 – had uh, cuts to public health and a bunch of other things that they cost share with municipalities. Ambulance services, too, were, were included. Mm. Municipalities, particularly Toronto, came out all guns blazing against this, um, and they walked that back. The one that probably most people remember, if you can remember anything of the, the pandemic, mm. which is all a blur, I think, for many of us, but this is in April of 21. The government came out and said, we're going to close down playgrounds for children, and we're gonna give police a right. whole bunch more powers to enforce our stay-at-home order. Remember, stay-at-home orders? Yes. Yeah, I remember those fun yeah. times. So there was a whole fuss over about 24 hours, and Doug Ford came out and pretty much pulled it back.
0: Hmm. So what are we to make of this pattern of the government introdu- introducing something and then pulling it back when there's a public outcry? Like, what what's the impact of, of governing like that?
1: Well, it does, uh, you know, it makes you ask the question, um, why Why did you do this in the first place? They're all about action and getting it done. And they um, have a pattern of circumventing some of the, they would call it red tape. Others, would, people would call it consultations or process mm. that often comes before big decisions like this, that um, both ensures the government maybe makes a better decision and, and B, insulates it. <laughs> when there's a bad decision, you can say, well, it wasn't us. It was the it was the blue ribbon panel, or whatever it was, that made it. You know, um, they they don't do that. They, they like to use their power and do things quickly like this when it's something they want to do.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Just lastly, here, Jeff. So there are three other education unions that are negotiating with the Ford government, uh, and QP, of course, still needs to negotiate this this collective agreement as well. Uh, but I guess, what are the lessons learned here for for other public sector unions that? are already or will be negotiating new collective agreements.
1: Well, yeah, you have to think about these are uh, not easy negotiations to begin with, and you have inflation at the moment, and you have also some information coming out from the uh, government's financial watchdog that says it actually has a lot of money lying around Hmm. um, as the economy's recovered more quickly coming out of the pandemic, even if there's a recession. The uh, financial accountability officer says there's there's quite a bit of money there sitting there, so you have those two inconvenient facts. If you're the government, you know I think that what happened over the weekend it shows that it is really a powder keg. The reason all these cumbersome rules and the way we do labor relations exist is because it evolved over time to kind of take the I should stick with the gunpowder powder keg analogy and take the fuse, take the, <laughs> keep the matches out of the room. Right? Mm-hmm. If your, if your right to strike is going to be you think it's going to be pulled away by this um, extraordinary use of the uh, the Constitution, uh, then why would you bother with the, the niceties of waiting for a legal strike? And uh, you know, we'll get back to the old days uh, when strikes, when all strikes were illegal, technically. Hmm. Uh, and it was very messy uh, and hard to control.
0: Do you think we're going to see more strikes this fall and winter then?
1: Oh, I hope not. I think my kids would actually welcome it. Uh, they were a little disappointed that they had to go back to school today. Um, I think everybody on all sides hopes that that isn't necessary. Nobody wants kids to miss school. None of these teachers want to be out of class. None of these education assistants I talked to yesterday marching around Queens Park. They all, uh, even just for a day or two, were missing their children. Some of them work with special needs kids. They all. The first thing they all said to me was, I really want to, I'm so glad we're going to be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If cooler heads prevail, uh, we'll avoid... Uh, uh, the labor disruption, but um, it was a rocky, rocky start.
0: Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with me
1: here today. Thanks for having me.
0: That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pacenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.